0: Tom here. The Tom Kearney Show is here every night, Monday through Friday from 9 to 10 with a little bit of live and in real-time radio. It's something that you don't hear much of these days, but we're here, and uh, we try to bring you pros that are programs that are interesting and uh, entertaining. And uh, I'm, I'm a, more of a person who likes to commemorate uh, anniversaries or days that are, are worth commemorating, and... Uh, Tomorrow is the beginning of the Major League Baseball season, and it got kind of mushed up last year, and they ended up playing 62 games instead of 162 games. And so I've been eagerly looking forward to the uh, opening of the Major League season. I think the minor league season, at least as far as the Durham Bulls are concerned, I have been told will open next week, and then the other minor leagues will be around the 1st of May. Tony Rigsby will be back pretty soon. We can get him in here and get him to tell us all about it. In the meantime, We are warming up an appropriate phrase for baseball by watching some uh, MLB, the, the network that carries the games. I like to come home from doing the broadcast at night and sit down and watch a few innings of baseball, and by watching some of our favorite baseball movies. And baseball is the one sport that has a lot of really good movies, and our expert on baseball movies is my very own brother, Mr. Stephen Kearney, who appears with us fairly often. He will be in the future weeks. I, th- I hope appearing to talk about the the Academy Awards and things like that. And in recent weeks, that we we've, we've talked about uh, uh, Black History Month and uh, Women's History Month. But tonight we're going to talk about baseball movies. Stephen, are you there?
1: I'm here, Tom. How are you
0: tonight? I am. I am fine. As a matter of fact, John, uh, the producer and I were talking about how uh, the, the the storm that might have been ours today sort of went zipping on by and. And uh, the weather people were saying it's over. I, I think I was waiting for dinner about 6.15, and, and it, was, it was already gone. So we have a, a fairly nice night, although I think it's going to rain a little bit. I don't know how things are in Charlotte, but we're going to have rain until early in the morning. But then it's going to clear up and be kind of sunny tomorrow, and I hope it'll be a good— I don't know whether the Yankees, who are playing the uh, Blue Jays, are going to be in Toronto or in New York. Uh, or even if they can't play in Toronto uh, uh, across the border. I, I don't know how that went last year. there was some sort of rule that the Canadians and Americans could not go back and forth. That's something I need to check out, out on, but but uh, you're ready to talk to us about some baseball movies, some that you and I have enjoyed together and separately and talked about a lot over the years, and it will remind us of the of the game and and how interesting it can be and so on. so uh, w- are you ready to go? Yes, Tom, uh, you're right about baseball being an
1: important topic as far as the movies are concerned. I think if you try a hard time, you could probably find a movie just about any sport. There's at least one out there. Would be yes. There may be some. There may be, We're maybe still waiting for the first curling movie, but it's probably coming. <laughs> uh, but in terms of movies, there is, for instance, there's a list, if you, if you go out and just look, of baseball movies that start in 1898. Tom, I think that game itself started about 1876 or somewhere around there. Uh, yep. you, could, you know more about that than I would. But by my count, there's about 171 movies that have baseball as the primary, uh, central, or a recurrent theme throughout. And tonight we're going to talk about roughly 20 of them that are fairly important uh, to one's enjoyment of the game. And if you watch these movies, you're going to get... Uh, a, a feeling of, about what baseball is and what it means to the American people. Some of them carry lessons. Some of them are history. Uh, Tom, baseball movies range from biography all the way to romance, from comedy to musical.
0: And at least one I know of has something to do with a black cat. I don't know what you'd call that, but uh, uh, angels in the outfield, I think.
1: Well, and okay. there's a couple of Angels in the outfield movies, Tom. But, yeah, as a matter uh, of fact. The one I want to talk about is from 1951. I think there is one that is in the later years that may actually involve the Angels baseball team, Tom.
0: Right. Well, the one in, that you're watching is the better one of the two, and there is a black cat in it somewhere, as I remember, but it features the Pittsburgh Pirates, my, the team that I like to pull for. so. Mm-hmm. Right, right. And, uh, and we're going to talk about that, Tom, and so I, I think we uh, we should sort of just kick off with discussing movies,
1: if that's okay with you. It's important that, that we do this, because as you say, tomorrow is the opening day for Major League Baseball. Last year, we didn't have baseball, uh, not the one we know it and, and have come to love it. Uh, the 62 games you mentioned is a truncated season of a, giving us about a third, what we'd normally get, a little more than a third. And, uh, Tom, uh, we're going to get a full year, we think. And, um, you know, baseball was important to, I think, the American psyche. is something that we can count on. I don't want to wax too romantic, Tom, but uh, I think it's important that we make note of the movie's contribution to the sport and, and in turn the sport to to the
0: field of the movie. I don't know that it shows up in any of the movies, but you just reminded me of something that I had remembered the other day and then forgot about, but when I was a years before you were born, I used to look forward to the equivalent of tomorrow because the first uh, professional baseball team was the Cincinnati Reds. They had the first team to actually pay a player to play for them, and they always got to play on the first day, and sometimes they would let the Washington Senators, who were then in the American League, play, particularly if the president was going to come out and throw out the first ball and. and and the president in those days for me was President Eisenhower, and he liked baseball, and so he would go to you try usually go to the first game and throw out the first ball. So sometimes there would be just two games on opening day. I think they're going to be more than that tomorrow.
1: Well, I think they want to get into it as quickly as they can. They want to present their product as quickly as they can, and uh, I think that the entire country is fighting back in their own way uh, in reason, Tom, uh, against the
0: COVID-19 problem. Okay, well, we've got uh, a couple of minutes before we should take our first break. So the first thing we do on this program, usually the first caller, the first whatever, I usually call the seed caller. Is there is there a baseball game out there that you want to tie your tie yourself to as the first game we talk about, so a baseball game movie is going to be one you start with?
1: Oh yes, sir. We're going to talk about the 1942 movie, The Pride of the Yankees, and there's a reason why we do that, Tom. Uh, and uh, we can, we will do that. I, I think it'd be better to do it more at length after the break. But we're going to talk about why it's important to to discuss that movie, sort of in the middle of the uh, almost well, over a hundred years worth of movies about uh, baseball, Tom. Uh, uh, hey, what well, if you would you... cover? things such as Ken Burns' the 11-part documentary.
0: I was going to say, if you prefer taking it after the break, you're my guest, and uh, I think you have a right to, to, to say, and plus you're our expert. So what we'll do is take a break, but you've just done what in radio is called a tease. The pride of the Yankees was Henry Louis Gehrig and the movie that was made about his life and the star of it. We won't say that. Stephen will talk about it and begin talking about baseball movies right after this. <laughs> on a, uh, let's see, it's a Wednesday night, Tom Kearney, the Tom Kearney Show. Our guest tonight is Stephen Kearney, and uh, he, like myself, is a, is a fan of baseball, and I have enjoyed really good baseball movies, and I still like to go see some of them over and over again, and uh, uh, I may end up seeing what my favorite is sometime tonight, and probably Stephen will do that too, but he was going to start running down a list of, I think he said about 20 of really good baseball movies, but maybe the most important 20, and he was going to start with The Pride of the Yankees. Did I get it right, Stephen?
1: Yes, Tom, The uh, Pride of the Yankees, a 1942 movie starring Gary Cooper, Teresa Wright, and Walter Brennan. Tom, this movie is a tribute to the New York Yankees' first baseman who died only a year uh, before, at age 37, from ALS, which is you have to help me out here, Tom. But I think it's Amir Truffaut, which, which is sometimes the, now called Lou Gehrig's
0: disease in his honor. Which is right.
1: what I was going to say. I'm and, sorry. And Tom, by the way, as I go through these movies, I would like to hear what your comments might be, historical or otherwise, about these movies. I know you know all of them, and, and so I'd like to hear what you might have to say. Uh, it, this movie, Tom, is essentially a tribute to a heroic and widely loved sports figure in the entire nation and as we just said, it actually named that disease to a certain extent. Uh emphasize this movie emphasizes Gary's relationship with his parents Closing line of this movie, Tom. You want to guess what it is? Uh,
0: I'm the luckiest man in the world. Right. He, uh, uh, word
1: for word. Uh, today, I consider myself the luckiest man on the face of the earth. Actually, spoken by Derek in and his farewell to the fans at Yankee Stadium. It's the 38th greatest movie quote for the American Film Institute, Tom. And um, you can see uh, film. Version of Gary himself doing it, and you can see Gary Cooper doing it, and it's very, very good what Cooper's doing. Uh, I implore you to watch them both. And of note, Tom, there's a forward in this uh, this movie, and the forward to the movie that you read on
0: the screen was written by one Damon Runyon, great uh, story writer about things of things of New York. And if I may say so, Stephen, one of the real outstanding things that is pointed up in the the life of Gary and consequently in the movie is the tragedy because he was one, the only way he could be the so-called Iron Man of baseball and play all those games is he was very, very healthy and to be struck down as he was, uh, debilitating disease and and dying not very long after that, it really does almost certainly fulfill the, the prescription for being a tragedy. Well, one of the things that we want to do,
1: Tom, uh, that has been done is we sort of developed our own American mythology. You know, there's the Norse gods and the Greek gods, and the American gods, at least in some respects, are those that we see in sports. I would not go so far to say that one of the first was Luke Gary. Okay. Tom, Tom, my next movie is The Stratton Story in 1949. It's the story of Monty Stratton, who's a pitcher for the Chicago White Sox from 19... 19- 34 to 1938. Essentially a biography, Tom. Uh, it, it was a nom- the, uh They got a nomination for Best Writing. Actually won an Academy Award for Best Writing for a Motion Picture Story. Mr. Stratton was voted an all-star in the American League in the, all, uh, in, in the offseason of 1938, however. He accidentally shot himself in the right leg while on a hunting trip uh, on his farm in Texas. Uh, the leg had to be amputated. He went through a dark period, but he eventually made an inspirational, successful minor league comeback in 1946, some eight years later. Tom, this movie stars James Stewart, June Allison, one of three movies they made together, Frank Morgan, and Agnes Moorhead that we will all remember from uh, Bewitched Thing. Uh, Tom, uh, what we've seen here early on with these first two movies is uh, man sort of triumphing through baseball, overcoming obstacles. Now, perhaps Mr. Garrick did not, but his life stands as a tribute to, as you said, to good living, good health, and being a good person. Yep, yep. And if it's a
0: john beer movie, was, you
1: know it's a good movie. So, we were talking yeah. about Angels in the Outfield, Tom. Tom, this is a 1951 movie. It's a comedy film starring Paula Douglas, whom I have always liked, and Janet Leigh. Uh, this is a, uh, a movie, Tom, where a young woman who's a newspaper writer essentially blames the failures of the Pittsburgh Pirates. I kept thinking about you as I was looking at this, Tom. Uh, she blames the failures of the Pittsburgh Pirates. They're losing street on an abusive manager played by Paul Douglas. who plays a character named uh, Guffy. Guffy is also accosted as he's walking home one night by the voice of an angel, which was an unseen James Whitmore. And James Whitmore basically says he speaks for a celestial nine, nine being baseball, Tom, a group of angels who are imploring him to uh, to be better, to not be as mean, to not be as aggressive, to not be as abusive, and to not use bad language. And as a result, the angels start helping the players,
0: if you will, Tom, win ball games. Well, let me say, Stephen, that even... the Pittsburgh Pirates at that time weren't the worst team in the major leagues. So, and
1: they probably needed some celestial help. Tom. <laughs> they certainly um, did. And, 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 you know, another time a cameo is made by one of their uh, minor owners. Uh, one of their, uh, the owners who they weren't the key owners to them, but one of their minor owners,
0: one, Bing Crosby. Right. That was one of the things that Bing Crosby and Bob Hope always nodded each other about is that. Crosby was uh, a, a part owner. I don't know how much of the Pirates and Hope was part owner of the Cleveland Indians, and so they they have kind of you know jerked each other's chains every once in a while.
1: Well, I think you have to. The McCoys uh, plays his brother Paul Daffy Dean. In 1957, Fear Strikes Out is a movie, Tom, starring uh, then the very hot Anthony Perkins. He plays Jim Pearsall. It comes from Pearsall's book about his uh, life. It's the story of a Boston Red Sox pitcher. Mr. Pearsall was from the Sam Lots of Waterbury, Connecticut, and he rose to play for the Boston Red Sox. Carl Maldon plays his domineering, sort of overbearing father who kept pushing him further and further to succeed. Due to that pressure, Pearsall eventually suffered a nervous breakdown, went to a mental institution, and after therapy, Tommy realized that he was excelling in baseball to please his father, not for his own gratification. Uh, it's a difficult movie to watch if you've ever seen it. But this is, again, how baseball movies, are not just about baseball, but they're about other things that are very important to life. Right, exactly. Tom, after the break, I the we're coming up on our break. After the break, we're going to talk about Yankees in a musical, Tom, and we're going to also talk about one of our favorite actors, a
0: man named Ray Walston. Say the name of the actor again. Ray Walston? Ray Walston. Oh, the Mad Martian. Yeah, we've still got a, about a minute and ten seconds, so if you want to try to talk a little bit about Damn Yankees, which was, I believe, a Broadway play and a musical, wasn't
1: it? It was. It comes from a 1955 play, musical. The, uh, the book of the, of the play uh, provided uh, essentially the story. The musical is about uh, essentially Tom, the New York Yankees, and the Washington Senators. Uh, and it, it, it involves a gentleman, a fan of the Washington Senators. He has to endure along with many other Washington Senators' ongoing defeat by the, uh, of the Senators by the New York Yankees. Time it's hard to, uh, to to express how much people hated and loved the New York Yankees. Uh, but some of that this that's if the Senators could just start winning, he would sell his soul to the
0: devil. Hold it right there. The Hold it right there. I can't wait to find out what happens in this little business that he's got to do. But it's time for us to, to pause for the news So we'll come back and talk about Damn Yankees with Stephen Kearney right after we check the news. Now it's Monday through Friday behind the ten here on WPTF and we try to bring you up to date on uh, the weather and, uh, and sometimes the news and uh, also we try to have entertaining and uh, educational programs. It's also at this point where we usually promo what's coming up. Tomorrow night, uh, Pam Beck our gardening correspondent is going to be on for her annual discussion of uh, Easter. And Easter is, of course, Sunday, and the, the flowers and plants that are symbolic of the Easter season. So we hope you will join us then. Friday night will be our Friday night trivia night. And uh, I think Monday we're going to talk with somebody from travel and tourism about the reopening of North Carolina, and if you want to have a staycation in North Carolina and where you might want to go. So. We're going to have, we hope, something interesting every night, uh, something live and in real time that you will want to, uh, to hear and something that is uh, as close to North Carolina as we can get it to be. And uh, right now we're going back to talk about baseball movies. Stephen Kearney is our guest tonight. And, Stephen, what was it that we, we stopped on just before we went away? Were we talking about Dan Yankees or something else? We
1: we're talking about damn Yankees, Tom. A man named Joe Boyd, who's a middle-aged fan of the Washington Senators, is tired of watching them lose to the Yankees. And he, to get uh, a situation where the Senators would beat the Yankees, he, he says he would sell his soul to the devil. Well, who should appear but a man named Applegate, Tom, who's a bit of a con man. I've always thought he was the devil, and certainly he was an agent of the devil. And he offers uh, to, to take him up on that and and not only take him up on the Senators being winners, but making uh, uh, Joe restoring Joe's youth, Tom, so that he could be the leader of that Senator's resurgence. Uh, Joe, however, is wise enough to talk in an escape clause, and the escape clause is, is that anytime time he wants to stop doing that, he can revert from being Joe Hardy, the young uh, person played by uh, Tab Hunter, who's the star of the Washington Senators, He can revert back to Joe Boyd and go back to his old life. Uh, So Boyd uh, takes him up on this and becomes Joe Hardy. And the Senators, Tom, uh, they start competing well with the New York Yankees. Uh, But he's having trouble. He misses his wife, Tom. And as Joe Hardy played by Tab Hunter, he goes and takes a room in in the house where Joe Boyd lives so he can be near his wife. Well, Applegate feels like he is losing his touch, his grip on, on this Joe Boyd and his soul, and so he brings his right-hand lady, who once was the ugliest woman on earth, and that he's made beautiful, played by Gwyn Burton, he brings her to uh, snatch, uh, snatch him away from the, uh, the attention of his wife, so to speak, so that he'll go through with it and eventually give his soul to the devil. That's Gwen Burton playing Lola, Tom, and as the movie says, what Lola wants, Lola gets. However, in this movie, she doesn't. He loves his wife that much, and then uh, he uh, he decides that he's going to uh, stop being Joe Hardy and go back to being Joe Boyd. He's going to do it before the end of the season. But if he gets to the end of the season, the devil gets his soul. And uh, he tries to do that just as, um, and then changes back to Joe Boyd right in the middle of the last game with the Yankees. And he's got to try to catch and, and make it an out, Tom, as a middle-aged man with a paunch. Joe Boyd, he's able to do that, and the Senators win the game. He goes back to live with his wife. Uh, Lola uh, has fallen in love with him, but uh, he he uh, he still goes back to his wife, and in the end, he finishes the apple day. played play by Ray Walston, Tom, to uh, to back to the Nether regions. But that's Dan Yankee, Tom, a musical. I think it has the song "All oh, You Got to Have Is Heart" in it.
0: Well, I will say I mentioned the Pirates were the worst baseball team at the time, and this this is roughly the same time as the story you've just told. And if the Pirates weren't the worst team, the Washington Senators were, and so uh, it it might be the kind of thing where you would consider a deal with the devil. But in any event, let's move on to the next movie.
1: Well, Tom, we're going to go to 1976, and by then there was some question about how parents dealt with competitiveness in youth leagues such as the little leagues and the junior leagues of baseball and you know what was good for the children and what was not and when was it really about the parents and when was it about the kids? Well Tom the movie The Bad News Bears is a outrageous comedy, very funny, starring Walter Matthau and Tatum O'Neill, Jackie Early and Haley, uh, Barrow, uh they are, are playing Mr. Uh, Mathal plays about uh, Morris Bettermaker, who's a alcoholic former pitcher in the major leagues, who takes on the job of uh, of uh, coaching a youth league uh, baseball team in the Southern California youth league. This team is made up of a bunch of misfits, and they can't win any games until uh, Morris uh, recruits the young Amanda Worlitzer, played by Tatum O'Neal, as his pitcher. Morris has previously, as she's grown up, been a friend of hers and has has taught her how to pitch. And he also uh, recruits a a 'er ne'er-do-well sort of juvenile delinquent named Kelly Leake, played by Jackie O'Haley, Haley. But he is uh, a really talented uh, baseball player. And uh, they begin to win games. And what happens is Bettermaker decides winning is very, very important. And he pitches Amanda until she hurts her arm and can't throw anymore and he has Kelly uh, basically playing the entire outfield because the other players really aren't that good. And that really causes some bad feeling among the players, Tom. Well, eventually they play the, guess who, Tom, the Yankees, and the same <laughs> team in the Southern California Youth League. That team is uh, coached by one Dick Morrow, who's very aggressive and very competitive, and they play in the championship game, Tom, and, one they're playing in the championship game, uh, Big Morrow's coach uh, ends up striking his own son, who's a pitcher, and it proves how uh, competitive it is and that maybe it's all about the parents and not about the kids. And better, Marsh Bettermaker, Walter Matthaus' character, learns a lesson that maybe it's not about competitiveness and aggressiveness. Maybe it's about just everybody having fun and playing. Tom, this movie is set to the music of Carmen. And uh, it is an absolute classic and an absolute joy, but it does carry a serious message. 1976,
0: Walter Matthau, Taylor McNeil, Tom. And, and if, if I'm not mistaken, and then we'll just go on, there is a, a remade version of this, but uh, the one you want to see is the one you just talked about. Yeah,
1: there is a remade version where Billy Bob Thornton plays the, the Walter Matthau character. I, uh, I have chosen not to see that, so that's just my my choice. I don't think you can make it better than the 1976 version, and I
0: don't need to see it removed. I'm, I'm with you. My opinion. I'm with you. You got it right. Okay, next, next game. 1976, also, Tom, Bingo Long,
1: traveling all-stars and murder kings. This is a comedy starring J.D. Williams, James Earl Jones, and one Richard Pryor, Tom. These are ex-Negro League players who are barnstorming across the Midwest, during an era, era of racial segregation, uh, they are playing small midwestern, playing in small midwestern towns, playing the local teams of those towns. And Tom, this calls back to mind a, a forgotten bygone era when teams did that. They did that in our hometown, I believe, Tom. Yes, they, uh, they play, play these local teams to make ends meet, and uh, eventually they come across a local team that's got a real major league prospect playing for them. And one day when they're playing them, uh, this Major League prospect, uh, uh, Esquire Joe Coway, played by Stan Shaw, is seen by a Major League scout and is offered an opportunity to go to the Major League. And at that point, Bingo Long, played by Barry D. Williams, and the James Earl Jones character realized that the way of things are such that the Negro players are going to be going to the To the major league, then, and that the time for the Negro League is fading, Tom. And that's the message of that particular movie made in the comedy form. Okay. Next. 1984, Tom. This is probably my favorite baseball movie, but there are at least two others, and we'll get to them. The Natural, based on a 1952 novel by Bernard. Is it Malamud, Tom? Am I pronouncing that correct? Malamud. Bernard Malamud. Uh, Starring Robert Redford, who is, is, is his first acting role in three years. Robert Duvall. Glenn Close, who's nominated for Best Supporting Actress. Kim Basinger, who was nominated for Golden Globe. Uh, Barbara Hershey, Wilford of Robert Robert and Even though he's not credited, Darren McGavin, Tom, plays in this. The music is by Randy Newman. We all know who he is. Nominated for four Academy Awards. We mentioned one. Tom, it has a uh, real-life uh, uh, part to it and that is it's partially about a uh, real-life incident involving Major League Baseball players. Is it Eddie Wake this time? That's correct, yes. He was shot by a woman who was a female stalker and that's what happened to uh, the character Roy, Roy Hobbs, in this movie. And it, it's about Roy Hobbs' uh, essentially his, his journey for being a, a prospect to being an older man and what happens along the way. He starts out as a promising pitcher, but he's shot. When Harriet and played played over Hershey, it essentially knocks him out of baseball until he's in his mid to late 30s when he takes his last shot, and by then he's become a great hitter because he is, after all time, the natural, and baseball is his thing. He's playing for the New York lifestyle. Uh The New York Knights are a National League team. They're owned by the judge and part-owned by the manager, uh, played by a Whitford Bremlin named Pop. Pop says he doesn't care anything about the series, but he would like to win the National League pennant. And Roy Hobbs is the guy to help him do that, except Roy begins to experience difficulties due to having been shot earlier in his life. And uh, he has to spend some time in the hospital, in which, at which time the, uh, the Knights end up tied, Tom, for first place. And there's a playoff game. And I think that's with the Pirates, Tom, the playoff game. Uh, in the playoff game, it looks like Roy's is not going to be able to save the day, uh, but eventually he does when he uh, – yes, he breaks his bat, Tom, and so things look bad, but the ball boy, is bad is Wonder Boy, which he crafted out of a, a tree that was split by lightning when he was a youth, and the, the, he asked for another bat, and the base boy, the, base, uh, the bat boy uh, named Boy brings him something that they crafted together, he, him and Roy that he's named the Subway Special. And using the Subway Special, he hits a home run that crashes into the heart light, Tom, and they all explode. And it looks like fireworks are going off as Rock Roy Hobbs goes around the bases. And if he the movie, Tom, he ends up uh, with the love of his life, who's played by Glenn Close. I can barely describe how good this movie is and what the storyline is, Tom.
0: I simply would ask everybody to see it. Do you have any thought about The, the Natural? Yeah, I was just going to say it is spectacular, uh, and don't read the book and think you got the book and the movie are are rather different, uh, uh, and so you, you you don't need to go along there. We need to take a break, Stephen, and and uh, I don't know whether you want to reset and try to get a, more movies in, or you want to come back next week and do some more. But that's up to you. But we're going to come back and do some more movies right after this. Tomorrow is April 1st, of course, April Fool's Day, but they're not fooling when they say tomorrow's the first day of the Major League Baseball season. And The only thing I remember reading specifically are the Yankees and the Blue Jays are going to play and the Detroit Tigers and the Cleveland Indians who have a long, of course, uh, competition because they're probably the longest running. They've been in the American League all along. They're not expansion teams is what I'm up to, trying to say. Stephen Kearney is our guest tonight, and he's... Talking about movies made about baseball because he likes to watch them and I like to watch them too, and it's a way of warming up uh, for the baseball season. And I think, Stephen, we have time. Uh, you've, John said you were going to try a couple more movies to, on tonight's program. So, yeah,
1: Tom, we're going to go into the triangle for our next movie, Bull Durham, uh, made about the Carolina League single A team. Um, i have been to see a game there in uh, Durham, you probably have too, but this was back before the current. Uh, Stadium was built. Uh, This is a movie about the Carolina League and and it's a comedy, Tom, uh, starring Susan Sarandon and Kevin Costner. Uh, Tim Robbins and Robert Wall are among the other performers in this movie. And It's about minor league, Tom, and uh, the goings on with baseball groupies and and what it's like not in the major leagues, but on the way there. Uh, Kevin Costner plays Crash Davis, who's a baseball catcher, Tom, who's Chasing the minor league record for career home runs, Amy Savoy is a baseball groupie, and she uh, sets her eyes for Tim Robinson, plays heavy Calvin Nuke Belouche, well, a promising young pitcher, and is essentially a romantic triangle develops between her, Crash Davis, Kevin Costner's character, and Tim Robbins' character, Nuke Uh She favors Nuke Balooch Luke in the beginning, but as time goes by, she's drawn to Crash Davis. And uh, it's a quite a romantic movie, a good comedy, Tom, and uh, especially
0: when they go out and meet at the mound and discuss what wedding gifts to get. Uh, if you ever, ever wondered what they talk about on the mound when they go out and meet, then you, you get a, at least a slice of it as perceived by the people who made the movie Bull Durham, and, and it was made in the Triangle. And if you know some of the scenes, that uh, And one of the major scenes in it was made in a tavern that the NC State students used to go to to a lot off of Hillsborough Street, I think. Mitch's Tavern is featured in it. uh, So So there.
1: It it was made in Mitch's Tavern, and if you've ever been in it and watched the movie, you can say, well, I've seen this place. It is a little different than it was because I think they refurbished it for the movie. Tom, do we have time to do one or two?
0: I think we can do maybe one more. Uh, let's, Let's... and give it another room. I hope you're going to do Field of Dreams, but we'll see.
1: We'll do Field of Dreams, Jack, 1989. Also, Kevin Costner, he had a great run, Tom. It's about Ray Kinsella, based on the book, Shoeless Joe, I believe is the name of the book. Um, Ray Kinsella has a cornfield in Iowa, and he's not a very successful one. He's not a very successful farmer. He lives there with his wife, Annie, and his child, Karen. Uh, When he hears a voice that says, if you build it, he will come. I'm going to let you watch the movie to figure out who that is. It also stars James Earl Jones and what I consider to be one of his best performances as the author, Terrence Mann, who has a lot of really good things to say about baseball. But, Tom, the story of Archibald Moonlight Graham, who I think was born in North Carolina, as coached by Burt Lancaster is one of the most compelling ones. He played, I think, in one half inning or maybe one inning of one game, but he found out that his true calling, Tom, was not baseball. But to be a doctor in a small Minneapolis or a Minnesota, me, town, he's played by both Frank Whaley as young Archibald Graham and uh, Bert Lancaster. So, Tom, that's uh, the movie Field of Dreams. Uh, it's almost
0: mystical in its nature. What well, I was going to say, uh, Moonlight Graham was a real person, and he, and of course, where well, we will have a spoiler, but uh, it's, it's okay. Uh, he ends up not playing in just one game. I don't know if he actually got on that bat or not, but he ended up he was a physician, he was a doctor and and ended up being a doctor in somewhere in Minnesota for the rest of his career and his brother was the president for a time of uh, the University of North Carolina at Chapel Hill. And I should point out that the, the, the in the book Terence Mann is not the same person as he is in uh, the movie, in fact in the movie he's Terrence Mann in the book. He's, uh, the, the man they go to see in Boston is J D Salinger, but Salinger would have none of it. He didn't want to have his name. You, you may know, Stephen. Uh, most of our listeners may know that he was, Salinger was a recluse and, uh, he did not want his name to be in, the, in the movie, but in the book, he, the guy that they go looking for and he goes on a trip with them to the, to the field of dreams. And, uh, it's interesting that the the phrase in that movie, "If you build it, he will come," is passed into the American lexicon, and and I think there's a general belief sometimes in America now that if you if you build it, somebody will come. They're not, and I'm not going to cheat on you because you said you're going to leave it for people to go watch the movie to see. We've got about well, it may, 30. It may be the building inspector Tom that to comes, but that's the <laughs> yes, other story. Who, who knows? Uh, if you had. Uh, if you had two more movies to name, we only have about 30 seconds, so all you can do is name them that you would, would put on our skillet tonight, which, which would they be? I, I was hoping uh, a league would be one of them.
1: Uh, I'd say uh, a league of their own. and
0: probably a of their own. That, that would be a good choice. Uh, and I've I've watched some clips with Bob Euker lately, and I just find that he's a real treasure for baseball. Steven, thank you for being with us tonight. We've run slap out of time but we're sort of more ready for the baseball season that's going to begin tomorrow. I'll give you a little call off the air in a few seconds here, right after the program ends. Tom Kearney here tomorrow night. We're going to talk about flowers, plants of the Easter season with Pam Beck.